everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life. Because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. That is true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the internet featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. You can find Author Magazine at authormagazine.org, and we are funded by the good people at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association, supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. To learn more about their the organization and their upcoming upcoming people this September Writers Conference, go to pnwa.org. I'll be there. Hope I see you there. I also hope you check out my new podcast, if you haven't already. Fearless Writing with Bill Knauer on YouTube and all your favorite podcasting apps. Every week I give you a short five to seven minute dose of inspiring perspective on subjects ranging from finding time to write to the inner critic to marketing even. Yes, marketing. So if you haven't checked it out, I encourage you to do so. If you enjoy this podcast, if you enjoy some of my essays or books, go check out Fearless Writing with Bill Knauer. Got to welcome someone back to the show Yes, Lauren Chamberlain. She had her debut novel out a few years ago, right in the middle of COVID. And she's got a new book out, though, Who We Are Now. A lot of fun. Good book. Really interesting person. Uh, She was born and raised in Michigan. She studied journalism and French at Northwestern University and then moved to New York City, where she worked for several years as a journalist, freelance writer, and content strategist, sometimes simultaneously. She is the author of Friends from Home and most recently, Who We Are Now. And like I said, really fun, great young woman, promising career, and I'm glad I get to share our conversation with you now. Enjoy. All right. It is so good to be welcoming back to the show, Ms. Lauren Chamberlain. Lauren, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Bill. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be back. Uh, it's good to have you. Uh, this is book number two. Interview book number, two. number two. And we were commiserating a little before we started recording that your first one, Friends from Home, was released right into the maws of the COVID lockdown, etc. And so you had to do, I assume you had to do everything. And I was saying I too had a book come yeah. out then. And yeah, do everything virtually, I assume. Everything was virtual. Yep. All all virtual events and Instagram lives and podcasts, which are great, of course, but you know, you know how it is. You wait for forever for your first book to come out. And yeah. you want to see it in the store and you want to connect mm-hmm. with people. And so I'm really excited to do that this time. I remember when my wife and I finally braved and <laughs> felt brave enough to venture into a bookstore, you know. Yeah. And I did find a copy of the book. I was like, oh, good. Because in my mind, it's like, it doesn't even exist. I hear I people are buying it, but, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So that, so you, so just to bring folks up to speed, um, you, you're in New York City still? Is that correct? I, you know what? I am temporarily away from New York. I've been, I'm currently in Toronto. Um, I moved awesome. here for my husband's work, um, but we're moving back in November. So I will be a New Yorker again very soon. <laughs> Did I, were you in Toronto when I interviewed you the first time? Uh, Possibly? I was, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought so. I yes. thought so. Okay, now that was sparking that memory, but okay. But you were a New Yorker uh, and you were, but you was, you you went from like Chicago to New York. Now exactly, yep. I was in, well, at least 
find out in the book, you know, write what you know. Um, I did, I did go to Northwestern. I yeah. moved to New York. I was there for almost seven years. I moved yeah. to Toronto in early 2020, just in time for all the pandemic fun. Um, and I'll be back in New York later this year. You had, you had the life, it just, as, as your bio described, it seemed like of a protagonist to a chick lit novel. You were young, you're attractive, you're in the big city, you've got <laughs> jobs in both journalism and PR, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is what every one of those women have, it seems like, in those It's, books, it's right? true, you know, I was like, you were living it. where's my rom-com film from the 90s, you know? That's <laughs> right, that's right. But so you were kind of, a, but so uh, somewhat like your character in this, uh, uh, Rachel, um, mm-hmm. you you were, had a practical job, but dreams, aspirations to being a novelist, yeah? Yes, that is true. All well, all, yeah, and that's, you know, it's interesting. That's something that I guess all of the characters in this book, dive into the book a little bit, have in common is some level of creative aspiration. They they don't all know right. that they want to be writers. I think Rachel's the one specifically that goes in with a dream to write a novel. Yeah. But they meet in a creative writing class and all of them yeah. major or minor in English or creative writing. It's a liberal arts school. So so obviously, yes, for me, that's, that's something that's very true to myself. I wanted to be a writer. Um, since I was a little kid, but yeah, fortunately, actually, it did happen. I can't remember, but um, you know, what did your family think of that? What was their relationship to the arts? Oh, my parents. Well, I mean, I think this is probably a good good part of why I was interested so early. Um, my mom was an English teacher, and mm. my dad's a lawyer. Um, so they were both uh, big Perfect. readers and Perfect. writers themselves. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, so I mean, I, I know that they both read to me from a very early age. I think I told them I was writing the great American novel when I was six. Um, it was about ponies. So, you know, very serious <laughs> stuff. You called it the great American novel? I did. Yeah, I heard somebody say that phrase and I was like, I want you to know I'm writing the great American yeah. novel. And I remember them almost like kind of snickering, but trying to keep a straight well, face. Sure. Encourage this. They were like, that's great, honey. What's it about? And it was, you know, it was about ponies. Pony themed. Um, so that one never saw the light of day. But I did eventually write a novel. So did you, was Friends from Home? Uh, I can't remember. I, I'm sorry. I have to apologize. Oh, I can only remember no, I, so I, much. I don't even remember. Um, <laughs> did, was that your first? That can't have been the first novel you wrote, or was it? It, it was, yeah. Wow. I actually had, and and funny enough, I thought, you know, this is just the novel that I'm going to write to teach me how to write a book. And, you know, I yeah. just need into something and I put it in a drawer and I started this one who we are now um in December of 2017 and it wasn't until my best friend who is also an author um he said to me what happened to that book you know friends from home it wasn't called that then but he said I said oh that's there's that's not going anywhere I put that in a drawer I started the second one I think that'll be the one I really publish and he said let me see it and he read Friends from Home and he was like, mm, no, you can, I think you can sell it. Really? And I was like, well, if you think so. And so sure enough, I really? brought that out and we did sell it. And then, you know, who we are now became the second. But yeah, I really, I didn't, I didn't know that I was going to publish that book. Wow. That is very interesting. So you, what was it about it you thought didn't, I mean, what, when you think back on it, you've got to have a different view of it now that it's, well, oh, A, sure. you've had a professional Yes. Button house pub editor go through it. But I mean, you must have had some opinion about it that you that has changed now, or maybe it hasn't. I don't know. No, that's kind of a tricky thing. I think um I've been talking about this with a few friends lately, particularly other other authors or artists. Um, but I think in a lot of ways a book can be such a snapshot in time for mm-hmm. an author. You probably relate yourself. Um 
you know, even if you are not the character, or even if it contains no events from your real life, it's still a snapshot of your fixations, whether that was the yeah. research you were doing, the kind of issues and themes you were interested in, the things yeah. you were grappling with. I mean, that that's always there for the book that's the closest, most realistic fiction to the farthest afield, you know, sci-fi. So I think that Friends from Home was very of a moment of my early to mid-20s when I was working on it. Yeah. And sort of almost kind of the minute I got beyond that, I looked at it and instead of saying, you know, I bet people going through this might really relate, I yeah. went, well, I don't anymore. And I think parts of this are kind of um, silly or didactic or over, you know, I, I just, I don't relate to like the, the, the me that maybe needed some of that, right. that guidance or would have related to those characters. I yeah. stepped beyond that and went, okay, so fun exercise, but no, that's not me anymore. And I think, yeah, what my what my friends saw in it is something that other people would see themselves in and and certainly have. So I think I have to be proud of that moment in time or of what brought me to that and certainly yeah. happy for readers that have connected to it. But that's how I feel about all my work. And I, I think I always will. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's really interesting because so I write personal narrative and so yeah. I write about something that happened to me but right. what's the 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 thing to remember about even that you say well okay it's about the past but even that is never about the past it's always what today do I find interesting about exactly. that? Like, where am I now that is interesting about that and you kind of keep up with yourself creatively you yeah. know because you keep changing Lauren exactly. you yes, keep, especially in your 20s I it you change a lot in your 20s, I think. It's true. And it, it's so true. And so, I, yeah, I, I really do think that that's a big part of it. You, ha you have to keep up with yourself creatively, but you also have to be okay with something being reflective of the person or the writer or the artist that you were at that time. And that you know has the possibility to to say interesting things or speak to speak to different people, um, even if it doesn't speak to you the same way it, it did at one time. Although this book, we are now, oh, interestingly... Just the title of it, just saw how apropos it is to our conversation. Who we are yes. now. Yes. <laughs> um, which is out today, people. And not <laughs> as I speak to Lauren, but when you hear this, it's out today. Oh, get it. Who we are now. Uh, it does start in college. It's very at the end of college. So you yes. let yourself begin at a big formative moment, you know, in many young people's lives. So you did let yourself go to that moment first. I did. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. <laughs> was it? It was. It really what was. What was fun about it? Oh, it was just very authentically end of college. I think that was sort of nostalgic and fun for me to look back on. And, you know, that's what's so interesting. If I had been writing it at that time when I'd been in college, I it would have it would have been a different different scene. Oh, different for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, more authentic in some ways and less in others because I wouldn't have had the distance to see it clearly. You so would have taken things seriously yeah. that weren't serious that weren't serious right yeah so it's it's fun to write something that's a snapshot of time but with distance and i think that's what friends from home that's its weakness and its strength it's a snapshot of that thing from within it um yeah. who we are now allowed me to think about the 20s and through four very different characters um yeah. from a distance of, of yeah. not 22 yeah. so yeah um, you mentioned that they all have creative aspirations they meet in a creative writing class yes. um was that a deliberate choice or did you just look up and realize, oh, they're, they are, that's kind of the thing they have. Would you say, I want to write about people met in a creative writing class? It, deliberate in the sense, not that it had to be a creative writing class, but I wanted it to be people who met at a liberal arts school, like who had originally perhaps creative or lofty aspirations in that way. Um, yeah. It's different 
um, let's say to be, I don't know, even for, for Rachel, for one example, she always wants to write a novel. Um, it's different to write about her if she is an accountant and kind of always wanted to be an accountant or at least since college. Yeah. Right? So yeah. what I, what I did sort of want to explore was like, if you meet and you have these kind of lofty ideals for creative success, creative goals come to fruition, what happens if that doesn't happen? Right. So I think them sure. all meeting in that environment was critical to exploring that. Um, you know, Nate, the character who goes into finance, that's a very conscious choice. Yeah. But he sees himself and his choice differently than if that had always been the only plan, I guess, as yeah. opposed to thinking that maybe he could have done something else. It is an interesting subject. I don't know if you've ever listened to the podcast, Mark Marin's podcast. Well, oh, I have. Called, I, I'm familiar with Mark Marin, but I have WTF. And so he interviews yeah. people. Yeah. And but what I've been, I I went on a spree where I was listening to a bunch of them. What I found interesting about that the conversation he would have is it usually he would cover the arc, which is like because mostly it was comedians and actors primarily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like and the, the the subject of almost all the conversations was how did we do this? Because right. the creative arts has no path. Like you mentioned, one of your characters, Nate, is going into Lehman Brothers, so he's going to yeah. finance. And if you go into finance, there's just like assuming you can get the grades or whatever, it's a right, pretty right. clear path. And once yeah. you're in there, money is a coming right. your way, right? Yeah. But for the arts, there's no such thing. Right, exactly. None. And so that is an interesting, it's so much on you in a way that so many of the professions aren't, right? Yeah, I, that is true. That is true. But I do think that there is such an interesting thing about, you know, choosing such a complicated and nuanced discussion, but the idea of choosing the money or choosing the stable path. Yes. Yeah. Um, first of all, I mean, it's a privileged position to be in, to even be entertaining that you have a choice about that, right. To have perhaps sure. a certain type of degree, certain opportunities, certain financial backing. But if we take that aside for, for the moment, um, it's so interesting because Nate, I think thinks he's choosing the thing that will be more fulfilling. Cause he's like, I don't want to you know, I don't want to struggle. I don't want to have to worry about if I'm going to make it in the arts, you know, sure. Wall Street wants me now, like, let's, you know, this is a great opportunity, let's do it. And and he is perhaps one of the people that's a little bit more fulfilled in the beginning, right. but that fulfillment isn't necessarily lasting, of, of course. Um, so I think, I think that is an interesting choice is that like, is, is that is stability or that fulfillment, like something that you can even really choose um because yeah. i think every character no matter how much or how it's part of the book how much or how little they get of their original dream or their other dreams um i think there's there's still that feeling of what if or what else i guess that's the natural state of people absolutely and there's a reason there's a cliche that is very true which is the midlife crisis yeah. you're a little away from it yeah. but you may be able to avoid it and part of it comes about because and i don't know if you've experienced this in perhaps a little bit less in your life because you have a creative Mm-hmm. output which is a big deal but there, yeah. I noticed this myself because I was not publishing I was trying to but it wasn't happening but I had I was waiting tables to support my family yeah. and I looked up at one point and realized there is a game you can play in your 20s and 30s in particular of can I do this adult thing can I get yeah. a better place to live and a better car yeah. and a better like it just becomes this game you're playing and it can right. occupy you for about 20 years Absolutely. until you look up yeah. and say oh I can do it what am I doing now I'm just right. alive and right does that make sense no, it completely makes sense. And it's so funny because I, yes, I absolutely see that. And I, and I see kind of the temptation of it, or I, I, I suppose, sure. but it's so interesting because like, to me, I think I, I think you're right. I might have a midlife crisis of a totally different kind. Cause I kind <laughs> of went a different way. I'm like, right. I didn't buy a house, you know, like right. I didn't do any of those, those right. things. But I, I am, you know, I'm in my thirties and I am very happy um, with, you know, what I do for work and the way that like my life 
looks. Um, yeah. You know, if it's different than, let's say, a lot of people I went to high school with, because I'm from a small town in Michigan originally. Ooh, um, now you're and, in the big city. And big there's a lot cities. of there's a lot of ways, you know, and there's a lot of ways to be in your 30s and 40s and 50s. Yes. And yeah. <laughs> the nice thing about writing, though, I think, which is so important is and it's can be you can find it in jobs, too. And I did in my own way. But yeah. The thing about being a writer or any kind of creative person is like what we were saying is you get to keep up with yourself and say, well, unless you, you know, writers can fall into the thing where the publisher says, I want who we are now again and again and yeah. again, just give it a different title, a different character. Right, just right. Please keep doing the same thing. But if you don't fall into that creative trap, yeah. you do get to kind of say, well, what do I want to do now? What, yeah. like, I don't, ha it's not the same job. The same book is not the same job the next time you write your third or your fourth. So you do get to keep exploring and growing and exploring and growing if you want to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, that's obviously something that, that really draws me to this profession, but also it's, it's definitely not for everyone. And I think that's part of the book <laughs> in a way too. And that's, I'm not being like stranger gatekeepy about that, but I think for example, Rachel, I think Rachel, there's, I think it's even in her interior monologue in some of the first chapters, she likes kind of the way it sounds to tell people that she writes books, yes. like she can picture yeah. herself saying it at cocktail parties, yeah. but she's actually a phenomenal editor. And actually the work that she does in that, I think does turn out to be really fulfilling. And she takes kind of this long meandering and like self-punishing path right realizing that to explain just one of the character arcs but but that is the thing it's like are you in love with the work or you are in love with the idea of what that might be and that can be true with any profession any creative track and definitely something that the characters in the book wrestle with also it's a really astute observation i've come to understand a lot of what we call failure is people have a dream mm -hmm. and then they have an idea for how to manifest that dream but the dream may not be book but just freedom it might be expression it might be thriving and we think it's got to be this way. That certainly was true of me in my life. I was going to write a certain yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And it was when I learned to write the better, the other thing that I found the kind yeah. of success I was looking for. So totally. that it, but it's our, it's our idea of how we're going to feel fulfilled that can often get in our way. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. So this, but the, so, okay. So these two books are in a yeah. way kind of conjoined at the hip in that they were both created in the, in the sort of cauldron of pre- uh authorship in other words you were you were becoming a writer when both were sort of written in other words even when you published friends from home and you had already started who we are now or had you like written a draft and a half or how yeah, much I, i'd started it i wouldn't say so i actually did write the bulk of who we are now after friends from home came ah, out. okay a majority project of 2021 and 2022 for me With um polishing that up yeah exactly i, I but i wrote it's funny. This always happens to me of both my books. I wrote the beginning and the end completely unchanged in like 2017. Really? Really? Yeah. I know where my books are going to start and end. And then it's kind okay. of figuring out how to, because I guess that's what I'm interested in. I'm like, I know character A is here at the beginning and character A is here at the end. And I'm interested in that transformation and how it happens. So yeah, the book was, <laughs> the arc kind of was set in stone from very early, but I wrote it after Friends from Home came out. Yeah. Do you think the experience of publishing Friends from Home altered how you worked on it did you feel like you went into it with a different sort of i don't know awareness or intelligence that you didn't have before i don't know i don't I, I i wish i don't really think so i i think the only thing was having that was really nice and i would love this to always be the case i really liked having the book under contract i mean this was a two book deal yeah, and so yeah. it's different writing something with the idea of is this going to go anywhere and you know what's the log line for trying right. to sell this thing and all right all from like 
no, this is already, you know, we sold this as part of the deal. My editor seems enthusiastic about the idea. I believe in this team and that we're going to get it there. That was, that was nice. I'm not going to say it was without stress because second books are like these notoriously yeah, yeah. strange beast. And that's touched on in the, I gave that to Dev a little bit in the book when he writes a second novel, um, yep. really challenging. But yeah, I, I, I think if anything gave me more security or stability along the process, it was, it was, it was simply the the fact of the two book deal, to be honest. <laughs> I don't sure. know that it, I learned from friends from home, except that you learn something every time you write a book. Um, yeah. You know, I think there are ways in this, this one is better than my first and I hope it's the worst book I write for the rest of my career. You know, I that's a good attitude. Better. That's a yeah. good attitude. It's correct. You know, it's funny you mentioned that I was just a couple of days ago. I was uh, the judge for a pitching contest for a writer's conference. And so I, it's been a little while. Well, maybe not that long, but so I'm sitting there and I had to listen to 23 of these things. And I just thought, right, I hate this. Not the, yeah. I mean, the judging, but the no, pitching right. is such a, I, I yeah. thought, God, it's, I mean, I have to write book proposals. So I kind of have to do it. It's a little, because I write nonfiction. So it's a little, sure. but man, it is, it's so much more fun just to make the stuff than to yeah. sit around and try and reduce down how you're going to sell it in terms of just let the publicist write up that information to send it, out to right, people like yeah, me, yeah. right? <laughs> exactly. And you just worry about writing the thing. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was a nice experience with this one. I mean, it was tough because it was it was a pandemic book. I mean, I was working on yeah. it in 2021. So there were scenes of people seeing each other just in a restaurant. And I would remember I... saying to my husband, like, what do people talk about if they meet for dinner and there's not a pandemic going, you know, like I couldn't remember already. Yeah. You would, yeah, it was, like, I mean, you know, right. so quickly that becomes kind of your reality. So that was less true by, by 2022 when I was doing the revision and then finishing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the, in the thick of it in like 2020, 2021, it was, that was definitely a challenge. And so now I assume though, even, I mean, virtual events aren't great, but, th but friends from home struck me as the kind of book you might get a book club visit in yeah. maybe. Did yes, you do any of that, that stuff? I did. I did a couple. Um, yeah, I guested in a couple of book clubs yeah. and then did one of my own here just with friends. How was that? What was it? What was it like? Did you enjoy it? Was it weird? What was it like? Yeah, I love it. Um, it's, it's actually so funny. That turned out to be one of my favorite things. I hope people do it with friends from home. I know there's, or I mean, with who we are now, I know there's um, a book club kit for this one as well. And it's gone out in some newsletters, gotten mentions to book clubs. So I hope so, because I love hearing people almost like discuss my work. Like I'm not in the room. I love that. Isn't actually. that weird? What did you think? Cause isn't that strange? I think it's so great. You know, there are questions people will ask that I didn't even think of, you know, a lot of yeah. times they'll ask expected things. And then once in a while they will ask something I didn't expect or ascribe intention to something that like, frankly, I, maybe I didn't even have, you know, like seeing yeah. even richer things than what I put there as, yeah. as the author is really cool. I remember when I was in, I was a young man and I, my brother's an actor, my best friend's an actor. And I had written the first scene of a play and I really was interested in it. And it, because I do theater, I kind of done it in my own head. Yeah. Said, hey, let's do this scene. So I printed out copies for each of us oh, and we started yeah. reading it. And it was the first time in my life that I had this experience. And I know this sounds different to what you went through, but I don't think it is, which is as they were reading it, they did it differently than I had imagined. Yes. And it struck me that the, that after you put something out there, it takes on its own life. It, it's alive in a way because they brought their imagination to it, their interest, just like your all those readers, you weren't there telling them what it yeah. all means. They're just having their own private experience of it. 
completely it's so cool and you know there's actually a little bit of this in this book i'm not sure how many spoilers i should be giving this isn't a huge (laughs) one but you know there is a character who does write a fairly successful novel that is later adapted for it has a film adaptation right and um you know this character is is watching this like a day on set and expresses something very similar to what you're saying which is he's almost saying he like like feels like a god in a way because he wrote this thing and now these people are doing it and then improving their own lines on top of it. And he's watching his own creation exist separate from himself. Yes. And what could be more godlike than that? You know, that's a moment where he's not, not very humble, but like, <laughs> I idea, right. You know, like, like what you're saying it's is totally, it's, leg- it's, very cool. it's, very it's cool. legitimate though, because I, I yeah. you think about like, you, do you have kids? I don't know. Okay. Well, it, I've always thought of it sort of like children in that they go and then, have their own experience like you yes. and you have no control over it and even right. though you raised them and all this kind of thing right. you made these people and they're out there doing things in the world that have nothing to do with you yeah nothing to do with me forging yeah. their own relationships and people are drawing their own conclusions about them yeah. and so your book is the same way when people talk yeah. to me about my books usually because i'm meant to inspire people and so even if they were inspired by it i always could sense like it was particular to them in the way that they liked it and it felt like yeah. they they read a different book than i wrote almost really? a little bit yes which is the, i mean that's the point though that's the intention right it belongs to us and then it belongs to everybody it else it doesn't belong to you anymore it doesn't belong to you anymore it's not yours anymore even though it's your name on it in yeah. this weird way it doesn't yeah. belong to you but you know what does belong to you lauren what? is <laughs> well, i'll tell you what belongs to you is what you went through writing it, like that is unique to yes. you. Don't you feel like you always, I don't know. I always feel like I change a little bit whenever I create something, that there's something in me that sort of grows a little bit. Do you get that sense? That makes sense. You know, I I think so. I think I agree with that. I will I will say with this one, I I feel it's weird. I don't feel like the first one really taught me how to write a book. I feel like the first one I felt like maybe I wrote, I stood up on a bike one time and then, you know, you go to right. ride the bike again and you're kind of <laughs> like, how did I how did I do that? You don't really have muscle memory yet. I mean, this is the one that's the first time I rode the bike around the neighborhood, right? Like not right. stood up on it for a right. second with somebody back. So then the third, my third book by comparison already that I'm working on now, I'm, I don't know, about 25, 30,000 words in, but so, I mean, maybe a third of the way there and it's so much easier than. Is it? Yeah. And I mean, obviously uh, that's going to vary project to project. I'm not saying I'm never going to have. Well, I don't know. Blackberry I don't issues know. again, but I just. I I could feel that yes, there was some kind of hump I got over in figuring out that I could do this a second time, and now I'm not afraid that I that I can't duplicate it. I is guess. that what made it easier? Just the sort of stress of like, can I really? Am I really? Is this for real? Did I just luck out? Am I? Afraid? Yeah, is like that I, what I, really makes it... I know how to do this again. You know, like I I don't know. I'm <laughs> just because I did it once. Like I'm not an right. expert at it. Um, the well yeah. is deeper than you know, man. <laughs> so you're 20 or 30,000 words into the first draft. Are you someone, you strike me as someone who's like a three draft person, not a 10 or 15 draft person. Is that That's correct? Can, can you tell from the mistakes? No, 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 no. This is just your personality. <laughs> that's totally true. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I, I, yeah. Three drafts. I think that's, I think that's what, who we are now was. Um, I, there was what I would call actually, I usually write a draft zero first. It's good to not oh. put any pressure on it. It makes no yeah. sense. Um, I don't right. know if you do that. Like, but the first draft is like a skeleton to like hang yeah. things on. Um, and so, yeah, so I would say there was a draft like 0. 0.5 or a draft zero, a draft one that I showed to my editor. Um, we did a big revision off draft one, okay. um, a draft two, and then a draft two that underwent very minor renovations. And the third is basically the the final. Gotcha. So that's completely yeah. true. 
Yeah, I, I feel like you're someone who who trusts her gut a little bit, who, who <laughs> trusts it more than 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 her. I'm not saying you don't have an intellect. I have an intellect, but it has led me so far astray in my life that I, I, I might whereas my instincts are almost always spot on. Oh, that's so interesting. You know, I don't really think of myself as it. Well, you know what? I think I might be in comparison to other writers. But when you know a lot of people who aren't writers, those people always tend to seem far bolder or more instinctual or less in their own heads. All writers are in their own heads. I mean, we are. Such thing. So, you know, I think perhaps compared to some other writers, I'm somebody that's a little bit more okay with with trusting myself and putting it out there as opposed to fussing over every single right. line a million times. But I also think that I am far more like in my own head and anxious and cerebral than most non-writers that I oh, know. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I think it's yeah. probably a profession. Yeah. We got to yeah, we got to we I when you're when it's going really well and you're in the zone, I don't think you're in your your to me you're not in yeah. your head. You're really in your body almost. You're Yeah, it's true. Yeah. You're getting yeah. out of your way, but you can it's yeah. when you get up there and you start yeah. the monkey mind. Uh so you said you're married though, is that correct? I am, yes. The reason I ask is uh, your hubby uh it is a, it's a he. I got to yes. just check. Yes, I, I am sure. married. So, yeah, his name is James. Okay. <laughs> James uh I sense he is not a writer. No, he's not. He is a biochemist. Although he does write and publish papers, so he understands not the same. Not the <laughs> he same. does understand the agony of editing something and trying okay, to good. it to a million places. Though I will, so it's right. so funny how our careers actually really do have that in common. I'm like, I'm waiting to hear from a reviewer's comments. I get what that's like. Um, but <laughs> yeah. uh, no, no, very, very different in our actual, yeah, like technical day to day, and I like that. There's a lot of writers I know who are like that. Yeah, particularly. Women writers. I don't know why it is. They marry some guy who's like, I'm on the other side of this horse. I'm going to be yeah. left brain and you can do the right brain. I And it yeah. seems like a common thing where it's just like, I can't have another one of me wandering around this house. My wife's an artist and a writer. So we that's the way we roll. But yeah, so many couples, that's not the case. Yeah, Only I was going one. to ask for you. So so your wife is. You guys are both of the same. She absolutely, and in fact, my daughter growing up, when she was 12, she said, Dad, I want to be a middle manager. And I was like, what? What? She said, I do not want your life. I don't want the drama. I don't want the uncertainty. So she couldn't it. stand the life of the artist. She thought it just was so funny. Um, yeah, no, I mean, and I, but I don't think, um, yeah, I, I guess I would say I know about 50-50. I know um, writers who are very happy and love to be with other writers. Um, thinking of a couple right now that I know who are both journalists and one of them is in the just got an agent for his novel that he's been Ooh, writing. Nice. So they're both, yeah, definitely writer people. They um yeah, and they work phenomenally together and love supporting each other in writing. And then yeah, I know others like me who are very um very separate, you know, somebody's in the sciences or a technical field. Yeah. Um but you know, I just I don't think that was ever something I was seeking or not seeking because it's certainly let's be clear I mean it's not like the writer girl and the finance guy kind of thing I mean, right 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 a scientist who is finishing his like six-year PhD in biochemistry <laughs> like I am <laughs> I, I you understand you are not, not forever and he's right. amazing he, I would say he's a very like academic you know type he's not right, necessarily it's right. like the, like I handle the money and the logistics. He's an absent-minded professor kind of type. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Okay. Yeah. I had a totally different picture in my mind. Oh. Yeah. So, so oh, I, mean, I like it. Biochemic, biochemist, like academic kind of type of person. So, I see. 
all right, I'm, now I'm picturing like a physicist. That kind yeah, of, sort of that, cliche. You know, that's the, he's, a, he's gonna he's gonna listen to this and be like, Lauren, how are you describing my work? He's kind of a biophysicist. His program is biochemistry, but he looks at a lot of like quantum spin See, stuff. So it is. See, you know, you well, do yeah. you understand anything he's talking about? Have you learned enough? I understand kind of keep his, up? his dissertation very well. In fact, I do a fun game where I um, impersonate him at parties occasionally, and I pretend <laughs> my research. And as long as the person is not in that exact lab. I can usually get them. So I love it. Like, as I'm on a very narrow, I'm going to do a book. He keeps telling me, he's like, you've got to have, you know, a biochemist character. And I was like, that would be amazing. Like I could make that so real and so fleshed out. That is so much fun. Oh, that's great. Well, that's more biochemistry talk than I was expecting on this. (laughs) (laughs) I do. You know, the life of the artist is unusual. And I just find it interesting how other people respond when they're up close and seeing what what it is yeah you know, I, I have a friend of mine who's writer i was staying with her and her husband and he's mm-hmm. a very happy successful lawyer and he said mm-hmm. the life of the writer and he mimed a hammer banging his own head he said that to me is the writer so i don't that was his view of the artist isn't life. it true yeah but that's that's i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right well lauren so book well, number two is out now yes. people go buy it congratulations hope you have lots of fun actually seeing other human beings and reading and taking their questions and all that Thank good you. stuff uh and good luck on book number three but i'm not quite done with you i wonder i asked you this i know i did a year and a half ago but your answer sometimes changes lauren <laughs> because you're such a wise old author now uh i want you to think about the writing you've done and if it's taught you anything it's taught you what Great question. Well, I think the first thing that comes to mind is is very likely, I don't remember what I said last time, but I bet you I said this. Um, the first thing is that I just, if you want to be a writer or really, I think an artist or a creative in any form, finish something, it doesn't have to be good. Um, that's that's the biggest thing that I've ever learned. I mean, with my first book and with short stories in college and all that, I had a lot of stops and starts desperately wanting things to be perfect or wanting to revise them along the way. Um, I, I'm a firm believer in done is better than perfect. And now I understand just how much books evolve and any kind of art form I would imagine evolves from a first version. And so if you are just, if you love to read and you kind of want to be a writer because you love to read, you're seeing these finished books and thinking that that draft was like what that person got by themselves. And it isn't, that's the work of multiple rounds of revision, beta readers, professional agents, editors, everybody. And so if you compare what you can do in a first or second draft to that, you'll never be happy. So finish something, keep learning. You can't edit a draft that doesn't exist and and you will get there if you just keep doing it. Um, That's that's the only enemy is not doing it. I guess that's what I would say. Totally agree. I have told so many of my, I teach a lot and I said Mm -hmm. like, you you do not know what your book is until you write the last sentence, at least the last sentence of the first draft. You have to yes. finish at least a draft to have any exactly. sense of what you've written. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's completely true. And that's what I said about it being like a skeleton, like a draft zero yeah. being a skeleton to hang things on. I mean, there are parts of who we are now, like I said, the very beginning and the very end that made it through unchanged, but almost nothing else did. I mean, the book is four character, multi-POV, close third person. But the entire structure of that changed. It used to rotate randomly through the POVs. Now each point of view has one year in a four-year oh, yep, span. Yep, it's much yeah. more organized. And that changed how we saw events from every single person's perspective. Everything about the book changed because of yeah. that. So uh, yeah, I just think get it, get it done. And the only thing standing between you and what you want is not doing it. Like there's no way doing it bad is not badly is not stopping you, I guess. No. We are always <laughs> our worst enemies. We are always our worst enemies. It's so true. Lauren, you're a delight. 
as I recall, you were the last time we talked. Congratulations on the books. And I wish you all the success. Well, it's always so great to talk to you. Thanks, Phil. You're welcome. Yeah, it's pretty practical advice, the finishing, but it's really important. You got to know how to finish. I mean, you don't know what a book is until you finish it, really. But you also emotionally have to know how to finish, to let it go, to let it be to be less than everything you expect, which it often is, oddly. So, yeah, good advice. Good advice. I want to thank my producer, R.J. Jeffries. Thank you, my friend. And to all of you out there, go, go out there into the world. Go out there. Find something you really love to do. And then do it. Do it.